You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman. Back for another day. I survived the first two days with Frank by my side. I am riding solo today. And I want to just let the listeners know a little bit about me. I haven't really had the opportunity to do so so far, and I'm sure there are some people out there, some loyal listeners that are wondering why there is an Australian guy that has taken over. What is the connection with Milwaukee? I'm sure some of you will know the story, but... Before the craziness of the season begins, I want to just run through a little bit about me and how I got there and a little bit about what this show is going to be through the season. There's not going to be a lot that's going to change. Obviously, my voice will, but I look forward to that. And before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's L O C K E D O N at manscaped.com. Now, first thing right off the top, I I think that everyone would have noticed that the start of the show is a little bit different to what you have probably got used to with Eric in the host chair. And this is something that I spoke to Frank. A little bit about before the first episode and that is the then what's the best way to describe it the drawn out welcome I guess at the start of the show and I had a few people ask me over the weekend after we did the transition show whether I was going to continue with that and I'm not really sure that that's something that a I want to continue with and b that I should continue with. I'm not sure. I feel like that was Eric's bit. One of my absolute arch rivals. And I'd say he's been a semi-regular guest on this show. I've certainly listened to this guy on the show in the past. Dean Maniat questioned me whether I was even capable of doing that intro. I know from discussing with Frank, Frank was very quick to tell me that I should not feel obligated to do that. He said he refused to do that when he hosts the show at times when he's gone solo. So I want to ask the listeners, I guess, whether that's on the Locked On Twitter account or my Twitter account, which is just at Kane Pittman, K-A-N-E-P-I-T-M-A-N, whether you think I should bring back Eric's intro because I think that once that came in, it was certainly, I would say, multiple hundreds of episodes that Eric was rolling with that. I know it was a pretty popular (laughs) bit of his. I haven't spoke to Eric to see whether he's got any type of copyright claims on that. But that, from the top, I just wanted to throw that out there and see what the people think, whether they want that to return. So 
I did say that I was going to talk a little bit about myself, but right off the top, we have got some Bucks news. Remembering that uh, the Bucks have one more preseason game to go that's coming on Thursday night against Minnesota, 7 p.m. tip-off at the Bradley Center. Uh, I spoke with Frank a little bit on Monday's episode about the fact that the Bucks roster really is pretty predictable at this point. We know who the fifteen, the final 15-man roster is going to be. We have the two two-way guys in place already. So it was really just a matter of time before the, I guess the, the training camp guys were cut. We saw the other day that the Bucks announced that they have cut Luke May and Jalen Adams. Both guys played limited roles in the preseason. I would say Jalen Adams probably a little bit more impressive, I would say, in his time with the Bucks. He actually, there was a point there where it looked like this guy maybe cannot miss a three. He finishes shooting 60% from three in a couple of games he did play. Might have a future in the league, for sure. We know with the Bucks team, we also spoke a little bit about the depth uh, over the last sort of couple of episodes. It, there was never really never going to be a spot for him on this roster. So right now, as it stands, the Bucks have 16 guys on the roster and the two two-ways. The two-ways being Frank Mason the third and Cam Reynolds. Rajon Tucker is the guy that, you know, we, we expect is going to be announced to be cut uh, anytime soon, either before the game on Thursday night or, or potentially after. He is on an Exhibit 10 deal, so there's no loss there for the Bucks if they cut him. Fully expect the Dragon Bender will be the 15th man on the roster. And if he's not, then I would say me and Frank probably spent 10 minutes longer than we should have discussing Dragon Bender's prospects with the Bucks in the last episode. But... That is where the Bucks roster stands right now. And I will, I'm not sure that I will ever talk about Rajon Tucker again on the podcast. So I will say a little shout out to Rajon Tucker. I will say this guy is never really going to make the roster, but I don't think that there's been a Bucks player that's been on the floor more than Rajon Tucker during these preseason games. This guy is a bull out of gate. He goes hammer and tongs anytime. He gets on the floor, so shout out to him for his physicality and 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 really playing with the desperation that a guy trying to make an NBA roster does. So that's where the Bucks stand. As I said, it's been a couple of quiet days, really, as Bud spoke about after the game the other day against Washington that they were going to really look forward to a couple of days of practice. Uh, they haven't really had a chance to do that. It's been a pretty heavy preseason schedule through the first sort of week and a half there of playing games. So uh, now they've had a week to practice, work on some things. Bud mentioned in particular that defensively he wanted them to keep tightening things up. Offensively, uh, he would like to see some more shots go. So this week they will be on the practice floor and working on a few of those things. And we know one of the big things we spoke about the Bucks is the continuity with the roster, but uh, they do still have some new faces in there that uh, they would like to work in and some guys that we expect are going to play you know, big minutes in this rotation. Uh, when you think about Wes Matthews, a projected starter, uh, Kyle Corver, obviously another guy, and, and Robin Lopez, as well as even someone like Dante DiVincenzo, who we spoke about a lot on the podcast, but 
Uh, I remember he didn't play a lot last year, only 27 games. It felt like he played a lot more than he did, but uh, you know, I think that was more his impact when he was on rather than the reality. So uh, Dante heading into season two, uh, looking for a lot more continuity with his play. But as I said, that's where the Bucks stand right now. For me, as I said, there's probably some people that are wondering why I'm on the podcast, where have I I come from, what is my background. So I think, and this is always something kind of funny, and I always have a bit of a laugh about this when I talk about it, but I think you can actually call me a legitimate Bucks bandwagon follower. (laughs) And uh, I always, like I said, I laugh about this because I'm not sure that the Milwaukee Bucks and bandwagon followers are something that really ever existed before last season. And I can assure you, I have been watching the Bucks for a lot longer than 12 months. I actually first took note of the Milwaukee Bucks during the Eastern Conference Finals series or the playoff run uh, way back in 2001. And Ray Allen was really the reason why I ended up following the Bucks as closely as I have through the years. And I love the way that Ray played. Remember back then, I know not Bucks fans, but I know a lot of people still just picture him as a jump shooter, but uh, the way he attacked the paint, the way he threw down on guys in his way, Ray Allen was really one of the first reasons that I, I fell in love with the game of basketball. So that's where the story started. And gradually from there, from Australia, I listened to, I got audio league passed and then ended up getting a video league passed. I really haven't missed the Bucks game and for the best part of 15 years, I would say. And Australia really has had a great connection with the Milwaukee franchise as well. I know the obvious one is, is Andrew Bogut. And then you think back to obviously Thon and Daly over the past couple of years. But even now, with, with no Australians on the roster, which has kind of been a, a strange thing. It, it always feels like there's some Australian presence on the Bucks roster, but from my time in Milwaukee last season, which I will get to, uh, they have a, a bunch of Australians on the team. And uh, uh, Troy Flanagan is a performance director with the Bucks. Uh, Australian guy Andrew Small is a physio with the Bucks in other Australian. And Suki Hobson, who... A lot of people will say is Australian. She is not Australian. She is English. But having said that, I am from Geelong in Australia, which is just down the coast a little bit from Melbourne. And Suki actually was the strength and conditioning coach at Geelong Football Club, which is a professional Australian football club that I grew up across the road from, that I follow in Australia. So there is still a great Australian connection there. I haven't let go of the fact that they removed the Australian flag from the practice facility last year, the day that Thonmaker was traded. That still burns me a little bit. And I do still have plans to sneak an Australian flag into the practice facility at some point this season. It's going to happen. I need to uh, smuggle an Australian flag back to Milwaukee with me. I'm going to get a flag up in the practice facility. I told Suki about this. I told a few select people that I can trust that this is going to happen at some point. There will be an Australian flag back in the practice facility. But my transition from 
Bucks fandom to covering the Bucks really happened two seasons ago. Uh, I was doing a lot of writing, and, and I'm I was a, a tradesman traditionally, so I was working in an oil refinery in Australia. And I was writing about the game a lot. Obviously, I was watching about the game a lot. And the opportunity came up for me to cover some games. I covered the Bucks on a West Coast trip two seasons ago. And then I also covered the Boston-Milwaukee playoff series. Uh, and when the opportunity came for me to move to Milwaukee at the beginning of last season. And uh, it was kind of a scary move for me to completely change my profession. I am 29 years old. So at the time, I was 27 when I made this decision to pack everything up, quit my job that I'd been working in for 10 years and just move to America with no guarantee of money, no guarantee of success, but just chasing a passion of mine, which was to cover the NBA and in particular cover cover the Milwaukee Bucks. So I was in Milwaukee all last season, right from opening night through to being in game, being in Toronto for game six in the playoffs. Uh, I funded my whole season <laughs> i was freelancing a little bit back in australia my visa that i have does not allow me to get paid from america so it was a difficult situation financially but i don't regret a second of that i met some amazing people eric and frank bean two of those amazing people that i met and it was truly the best period of my life or the most fun period of my life i believe i found something that i really loved doing in covering the game and also this kind of stuff. This was not something that I expected podcasting. I ended up starting my own podcast last season. I was on the radio a lot uh, in Milwaukee, 97.3, the game in particular, where some of you potentially may have heard my my ramblings along the way, but I really just found a passion in not only writing, but covering the game, using my voice, talking about the game, having fun with people. This is what I love to do. I love to interact with people, and that's why with this podcast, now that I have taken over, a lot of this is going to stay the same. I'm not going to mess with a, a product that has been incredible for Bucks fans and really this podcast has been the number one voice for Milwaukee Bucks fans, but do not be shy. If there's anything that you want, is there anything that you want to hear at any time, you can hit me up on Twitter, Frank up on Twitter or the Locked On Bucks Twitter and, and tell us what you want us to talk about, what you want to hear. That's what we're here for. But as I said, I just wanted to... Tip things off here today after a couple of days just talking about the Bucks with Frank. I just wanted to give you a quick rundown of where I have come from. As far as this season goes, I am doing everything I can to get back to Milwaukee. The visa situation is not easy, nor is the money situation. Last year was a very, very costly year for me uh, financially doing all this stuff. As I said, I don't regret a second of it and I really do want to get back but this one is is a work in progress at the moment and I do hope to be back ASAP and certainly this season if possible. So as I said, I do have a, quite a connection with the city of Milwaukee now. I've been to Milwaukee, I would say on, this is not including last year's 10-month stint in Milwaukee. I, I came to Milwaukee maybe another seven or eight times before that uh, to watch the Bucks. I love the city and probably last year when I left, I found out how much I do have a connection with the city now. It feels genuinely like a second home to me. And before we get going in this season this year, I always get to this point in 
the preseason where I think about memories or what the Bucks have done for me and what they mean to me and what I hope to get from this season. And I, when I think back to the Bucks and, and some of my favorite memories, I, I think back to, I know this is a game that many people remember. It might have been, I'm trying to think when this might have been. It might have been 2006 or 2007 against Indiana Pacers, Mo Williams with the long, long, long three to win the game in one of the most miraculous comebacks I can remember for a Milwaukee Bucks team. I remember where I was when Andrew Bogut fell and destroyed his arm on a Bucks team that I still believe to this day, and I've spoken to Andrew Bogut, he believes that team was going to do something special that year. doesn't necessarily mean a championship, but they were going to on a real run. We know they ended up getting to seven games with Atlanta without their best player. I remember my first Milwaukee Bucks game that I saw live. It was game three against Chicago in 2015. It was the first trip I ever came to Milwaukee. I was at game two, game three, and also game six, the one where Giannis <laughs> plowed through uh, Mike Dunleavy. I remember the, the Toronto series brings back great memories, winning game one, unexpected. And then the game six comeback, Jason Terry gives the Bucks the lead late. I remember being at the Boston game where Chris Middleton hits that near half-court buzzer beater to send it to overtime. I had all my stuff packed up. I packed up my computer. I was just about to walk away. I watched that final shot and he hits it. It was one of the most ridiculous things I've seen live at a sporting event. And then obviously I remember last year's incredible run and Giannis, Giannis's MVP season. I always enjoy talking to people about their favorite Bucks memories and, again, maybe you want to put some of those on Twitter or on social media and talk about those because I've been thinking about those memories a lot coming into this season, mostly because we are in a really, really unique situation with Milwaukee this season. They have never had this type of expectation on them heading into an NBA season for a long, long, long time. Last year, I think... There were many people that were optimistic about the Bucs and the things that they could do with this season, uh, last year that being, and, and that they were going to be good. And I know that, uh, you know, I predicted, you know, 50 wins was a real possibility. They clearly blew everything out of the water. And I think that that is a testament to the players that this team has put together, the caliber of really human beings that they have on this roster. And that has been by design. Last year when I, I had a long conversation with John Horst and I wrote an article about that for Bucks.com that everything about when this franchise talks about Bucks DNA, it's kind of a, you can sort of scoff at that wording, Bucks DNA. It's kind of a funny thing to say, but they do pick people by design. They pick people that are quality locker room people. They pick people that are leaders and they are selfless players. And I think that, Last year, when you look at the way this team came together right from the start, 7-0 and to start the season with a brand-new coach and a bunch of brand-new players on the roster, you just don't see that in the NBA. And I think this year in particular is going to be very interesting for the NBA when you look at some of the different mixes that have come in. Obviously, the Lakers are one with uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis. The Clippers are another. They put a couple of stars together. The Houston Rockets might be the most interesting case study of all of those with Westbrook and James Harden. Can these stars get along? And I think that's the difference with Milwaukee. Yes, 
they have a bunch of really, really high-caliber players, arguably the best player in the NBA. I say is the MVP, the best player in the NBA right now in Giannis. But they all get along. Chris Middleton understands that his role is not to be a lead scorer. And we've seen at stretches that he can do that. But he's willing to stay in Milwaukee to play next to Giannis because he wants to win and he believes that the Bucks are in the best position to win with the grip that they have. This year does bring a different type of pressure though because the Bucks already won 60 games. They've proven what they can do on the floor. Mike Budenholzer came in and without the benefit of having years of time with the group, he got this group clicking on all cylinders from opening night. So now you come into this season and every time I interact with Buck fans, every time I talk to Bucks fans, it's pretty well established that it's NBA Finals or bust this year for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I probably got to that point last season when people asked me, what do I expect from Milwaukee? I told people that, and this is as the season went on, by the time we got to February, March, April, I said, yeah, this is the Bucks have to win right now because you don't know if you're going to get back to this position again where everything is just clicking. And sure, the Bucks had some injury concerns heading into the playoffs, but everything was perfect right through the season. And he lost back-to-back games once for the whole 82 regular game season. So that was, without question, an opportunity missed. And now you come right back to opening night next week in Houston and the 82-game grind starts again. And me and Frank touched on this a little bit. You almost get the feeling that you just want the playoffs to come right now because you know that this Bucks team, that is where they're going to be judged on. They're not going to be judged on 60 wins in the regular season again. That doesn't matter for this Bucks team. They need to put themselves in the number one position in the best position, whether that's number one seed, number two seed, whatever that may be, they need to put themselves in the best position to perform in the playoffs. But ultimately, regular season wins are not going to define this team. They are not going to define Giannis. This team is going to be judged on what they do in the postseason, what Giannis does in the postseason, what Eric Bledsoe does in the postseason, what Chris Middleton does in the postseason after just signing a $178 million deal. So this is a completely different situation for this Bucks team. And with that comes some level of anxiety. I think last year, the longer the Bucks success went, I found that Bucks fans probably exhaled a little bit and started to realize, hey, this team is just really, really good. And I see no reason why this team is going to take a step back this year in terms of contention in the East, in contention for an NBA title. I expect them to be right there. I predict that they will make the NBA Finals. We can go into this a lot more as we move on. I really, really like the matchup with Philadelphia. I liked it last year. I like it even more this year. But the mental aspect of coming in with everyone looking at you and expecting you to be the team in the East is a completely different ball game I think the Bucks are in a terrific place to work through that with Giannis as their leader because this guy doesn't take nights off we spoke about it a couple of days ago on the podcast you've seen the way he plays in the preseason he's not taking a step back he wants to go 
even further this year. He wants to win that championship. He talks all the time about wanting a championship over that MVP. So, I, again, I, I think the Bucks are in a really, really good place to do it. I love what they the offseason they had. I love the addition of Matthews, Kyle Korver, Robin Lopez. I like the Bucks' sneaky young depth in Dante DiVincenzo, Sterling Brown, DJ Wilson when he gets healthy. I just really like this Bucks team and in an East that has a bunch of question marks about it. But as I said, it is a strange time to be a, a Bucks fan coming into this season. Uh, you know, it's just expecting them to win a whole bunch of games. It's a, it's an exciting time. As I said, it can produce a little bit of anxiety as well when you look ahead to what's to come. But I think we're all in for a really fun ride and I am so thankful that I get the chance to sit here and discuss it with all you guys and Frank and every other guest that's going to be on this show. As we discussed a little bit on the transition episode, Frank is going to be on at least two times a week. I'm always going to try and convince him to be on as much as much as possible as we know that he is such a, Great voice for Bucks fans. Just an incredible knowledge base for him from years of watching, years of writing, years of podcasting. So Frank is going nowhere. I'm also going to have a bunch of other guests along the way. I know Frank already challenged me to get Lee Ellis, who you know hopefully will be on the show at some point soon. But it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's going to be a, a really great ride with this team through the year. And... Before we get into the craziness of the season, as I said, I just really wanted to take the time to give you a little bit of background about me. So potentially those guys that, those guys and girls that are listening to this podcast, loyal listeners, uh, don't just sort of wonder why the hell there is a, a random Aussie <laughs> on, the, on the podcast. So uh, thank you all again for your support over the weekend. I, I've I truly believe the Bucks fan base is such a unique. I've never seen anything like it with sports teams that I follow, with the amount of sports stuff that I read, the amount of time I spend on the internet reading and interacting with people. It's a, it's a super passionate bunch. And uh, I am very, very excited to get into this season with the podcast, with Locked On Bucks, and continue to cover this great team that we hope have special things ahead of them this season. But. I will leave it there for today. As I said, tomorrow being Thursday, we are one day out from the final preseason game against Minnesota, and then things really start to wind up, and then we we get into the real real nitty-gritty stuff of the NBA season, which is what we are all here for. Just a reminder that today's podcast was brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. So once again, do not hesitate at any point to hit me up with advice, suggestions, things you want to hear on the podcast, things I can improve on. And I know there were a fair few comments after the first episode about audio Australia is a long way away from America (laughs) and uh, Frank and myself are are working through a few of those problems. It's obviously a a new thing, a new venture for me with this podcast. So 
I am doing whatever I can to make sure we get you the highest quality podcast, but stick with me with that and uh, do not hesitate to reach out. Let me know if anything I can do better and I'll catch you all tomorrow.